0: and the real informative. They're funny and I like
1: the guests that they get on them. The team presents The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, The Team. It's 9 o'clock and it's Mav Day brought to you by Covered Craft Coffee and Beer House. They're at 1144 North 12th Street and uh, right there at North 12th Street, 12th Street I should say, if they're 1144 north 12th street it's uh, 12th in glenwood by the way across from colorado mesa featuring only colorado's best coffee and beer and they're open monday through thursday 730 to eight friday saturday seven thirty to nine sunday eight o'clock in the morning till noon great place to have a relaxing cup of colorado coffee or colorado beer and they uh, change the beer beer out all the time and, and the coffees as well eight taps with new on taps weekly They have a trivia night every Friday night as well at 6.30, and you can bring food from around the area and just go in there and enjoy a a delicious uh, Colorado Coffee or Colorado Craft Beer. And there's no charge for coffee add-ons, by the way. So enjoy getting with your uh, fellow Maverick fans before the game, after the game, at Colorado Craft Coffee and Beer House, 1144 North 12th Street. It's uh, 12th and Glenwood across from Colorado Mesa. So a great place to... uh, to enjoy, uh, of course, uh, those great Colorado products and also uh, talk about the Mavericks. And, of course, that's what we do on the uh, Mav Day segment of our program. We talk with Colorado Mesa coaches and players. uh, Coming up, Taylor Wagner in just a moment. Maverick women sweeping the weekend against CSU Pueblo and also New Mexico Highlands. And also men's coach Mike DeGeorge doing the same thing for the Maverick men uh, this past weekend over at Brownson Arena. All right, it's uh, time to talk some Maverick women's basketball with Taylor Wagner. Talking Colorado Mesa women's hoops with Mavs coach Taylor Wagner on the team. All right, with us right now on the team line, Taylor Wagner joins us. Good morning, Taylor. Appreciate it as always. You bet. Good morning. How are you? Doing fine. A really good weekend for your basketball team. Uh, CSU Pueblo game, Mason Rowland, what what an incredible performance. She was named the RMAC Offensive Player of the Week, a career-high 30 points for the freshman. And I I just, every time I watch her, she just plays, and I think I've said this and it's probably almost ad nauseum now that I say this, she plays like she's a junior or senior. There's just a composure about her that that I've had a chance to watch her play in high school a little bit when she was a Durango. But boy, she has adapted so well to the college game. She just has such a a demeanor that doesn't doesn't get ruffled. She misses a shot, makes a mistake. Uh, She just uh, comes back and makes a big play.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I can't think of a time where you know, she's really got frustrated in a game and a practice. She just kinda you know, and she's made mistakes, but she doesn't let that bother her at all and she just kinda keeps going and, and playing and and you know, especially this last weekend you just saw her make play after play when we needed one.
1: I think what the people of the questions people might ask is, Okay, she's right now been your your second leading score. Why off the bench? Why not put her in the starting lineup? Explain why <laughs> why why she comes off the bench, she goes, I know why. I don't, I'm not going to ask that question. I've had people say, well, she's so good. Why isn't she starting? You explain why she's coming off the bench.
2: Yeah. You know, I just, I always, I, I, I feel like she's going to give us a lift off the bench. And and uh, if you remember a few years ago, Danny Turner was an All-American and she came off the bench for us. And and uh, I think it just kind of, you know, she was able to sit there and kind of watch and then she'd come in and, you know, their starters were tired Keeps her out of foul trouble, and then she just kind of comes in and gives us a lift off the bench. And, you know, to have a great team, you got to have a great bench. and I mean, she could definitely start on this team, and we, I've actually talked to her about it. And uh, so, um, you know, I don't think she'll always play that role. <laughs> but um, I just like her doing that, and I think right now it fits our team. But, but like I said, I think she plays starter minutes, you know, in my mind, You know that's what she is, and she's playing as well as anybody on our team right now. And and uh, so you know she's a team player, um, and I've never had an issue with her. Uh, Yeah, but I I do get that question asked a lot.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's like the point I was going to make was you know go back to you know not so you know far back history with, with Danny Turner, who went on to be an All American for you. That yeah, she started as a bench player. And I know people are like, why is, why is Danny Turner coming off the bench? She has that that impact. Like you said, you come in, you know, sometimes you're facing, you know, their second five. She gives you just a huge lift on both ends of the floor. Yeah, it's um, it's kind of nice when you and Taylor have a situation kind of capturing lightning in a bottle twice, Danny Turner, and now a player like Mason Rowland and what she does off the bench.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I mean, she just, she keeps amazing me, really, every game. I mean, this last weekend, it was just like, you know, some of the things she does and, and she's not just a scorer too. She's one of our best defenders. She's one of our best rebounders. I mean, she's just an overall athlete. You know, I remember high school coach telling me like, she's going to only get better because she's in high school. She focused on three sports. And he told me that probably five to 10 times, like, Hey, she's going to be like really good when she can concentrate on one. And she's showing it right now. And, And, uh, you know hopefully she just keeps playing and uh, you know what the thing I like too she's I mean great teammate doesn't worry about you know points or anything but she just knows how to score and she knows how to make a play and that's what I like about her
1: and I think that something else you have to love too is that uh, in that uh, that game with CSU Pueblo where where she scores the 30 points Olivia Reed before she fouled out she had 20 I mean there's your your sophomore and freshman and uh, where right now Mason Rowland could very well end up in the same path as Olivia Reed, Armac freshman of the year, they score 50 points for you. And here they are. There's pups. They're still, they're still young players for you.
2: Yeah. I mean, we only have one senior, so, you know, we're still a relatively young team. Um, you know, and that, I mean, as a coach, that's nice to have you. It's like, okay, what can we do now to, you know, to build on this? and And, uh but I just like, I mean, it's, it seems like when we came back from break, we've had a different mindset. And, uh, and I always like it once Christmas is over and everything. Because, you know, the kids are always, they are you know, this year we had Thanksgiving break. Then we had the holiday break. And they're always looking towards that next break. And the next break is, you know, when the season's over. So, um, you know, I, I think we've got a little bit more focus in we did there in, in December, and hopefully the girls really just lock in and, and get excited. You know, we talked about building momentum this semester, and, you know, those two game, games were great, and hopefully we can – now we got to go on the road and play in two tough places, and and if we can keep that momentum going, I can even see them getting a little more hungrier than they are right now.
1: And, and then you go from, from Mason Rowland on Friday night and her you know, career-best performance as a freshman – to what you saw from Laura Gutierrez on Saturday against New Mexico Highlands, where she was just red hot early on, your team jumps out to a 19 to nothing lead against Highlands, and you go on to, to win it 70-34, to 34, where Laura finished with, with 18 points. She had four threes in that game, and uh, you know, I've had a chance to watch her here the last couple of years. I think she had one of the biggest smiles on her face that, I, that I've seen in a while. I mean, she, she was feeling it uh, in that first quarter uh, Saturday night against Highlands.
2: Yeah, I know mean, she does that in practice all the time. I just don't know why that hasn't translated over in the games, but I think she felt a sense of relief, especially when that first one went in, because she's had a few games where they like rattle right in and then back out and, uh you know, and, and it makes our team so much better. And I think it just opened up the floor. It kind of, she broke their back early on. And and uh, if she can continue to have that uh, type of impact on our team, it just makes us that much more difficult to guard and, you know, then it keeps everybody a little bit more on, especially with Olivia. You know, you, you saw the last couple of games, they were just double-teaming her really quickly, and, and uh, if, if they're going to do that, then, you know, they'll have to pay with everybody out on the perimeter.
1: Exactly, and then you're right. They tried to take Olivia away in that, in that game with Highland. She only had eight points. They had some size inside, too, that they kind of negated her a little bit, but that's where the, the perimeter play can be such a, a huge factor, and, and Laura was certainly that factor, on Saturday night, but I know something we've talked about is you want to see your team get better defensively, and you definitely, I think, saw that over the weekend, especially in that game against uh, New Mexico Highlands. As I mentioned, you jumped out to the 19 to nothing lead. You only gave up 34 points to them. They were shooting like 22, 23% during a good chunk of that game. There are a lot of things, I think, Taylor, you had to like. Uh, you and Hannah had to like about what you saw from your team defensively against the Cowgirls.
2: Yeah, I mean, I was really impressed with them. And, you know, we kind of said, hey, we're going to hold this team under 50 today. And and they came out and just defensively, like, kind of locked in and, and really made an effort to challenge shots and, and not give them second opportunities. And, you know, for three quarters, they we held them under 10 points in every quarter. So, you know, you can't really ask more from them, uh, you know, when they give that type of effort on the defensive side.
1: Taylor Wagner, coach of the Cutter Mesa Women's Basketball team, joining us on the Team Sports Network. And now, as you mentioned, you go on the road, Chadron uh, State Friday, and then Cutter Christian on Saturday. And you, you look right now at Chadron State. A Shayla Powers has been their leading scorer this season. And you know they've they've had some some games where you know they've they've kind of been in a little bit. Uh, you know, ten point loss at CSU Pueblo, uh, lost uh, at Carney, which is you know out of conference game uh, by about nine points in that one. And you know, they've also had some games where they, you know, kind of uh, been on the on the wrong side of a score. But they are coming off a uh, uh, seventy-eight to sixty-three win against Metro State uh, on the road there, so they do have a little uh, momentum uh, heading into that home contest with you guys on Friday.
2: Yeah, and they always play hard at their place. I mean, they're just a different team at home. They're really scrappy. Um, I mean, we've had some really good teams go in there and eke out a win. You know. <laughs> So that's kind of what we're trying to tell this team. There's not one girl on this team that's played there, you know. Besides Olivia, I mean, Olivia grew up in that gym through dad coaching there for a few years. But nobody's played there, and we're trying to trying to prepare them for what it's like in there. It's really hard to hear, and uh, you know, like I said, they they play extremely hard, and switch up their defenses, and, and really try and get you to play ugly. So it's going to be a game we're, gonna, we're really going to have to focus on going in on friday
1: you know they're four and seven overall two and five in conference play right now we're talking with Colorado mason women's basketball coach taylor wagner on the team sports network uh, getting back to shayla powers she's uh their only player in double figures 11.7 points per game she's also their top rebounder at 6.1 points per game so they they really lean on her pretty heavily don't they
2: yeah i mean she's a uh undersized post player but she's really crafty around the basket and uh, just plays extremely hard, gets people in foul trouble. So we, we've seen her for the last couple of years, and she's been one of the better players, uh, you know, individually in the Armac for the last couple of years. And that's someone definitely we've got to be aware of and try and limit her touches.
1: You mentioned the challenges at times, playing at Chadron State, going there, you know, picking up a close victory, and then it's Colorado Christian on Saturday. place that, uh, well not one of your favorite places in the armac is it you've had some some difficult uh, losses in that gym
2: well yeah we've lost some some close ones and you know we played them earlier in a non-conference game but it was at metro so um you know we'll have them at their place and they're playing well this year you know, they've got some good pieces on their team and and you know they're they're scrappy as well so i know you know we beat them earlier but it, it was a tough game through three quarters and we kind of pulled away in the fourth quarter, but again, they've got our attention, and um, we're just going to have to play really well this weekend to get two road two road game uh,
1: wins. And Maggie Hutkey for them has has had a really good season so far. Taylor uh, averaging uh, just under 18 points per game.
2: Yeah, I mean she's that's another girl that comes off the bench for them. She started once for them, but you know she comes off. She uh, kind of plays their four, can shoot the three. She's lefty, so she kind of causes. Some problems there, and and gets to the free throw line a lot. So I, the first time we played him, we did a fairly good job on her. Um, you know, I think she scored a, a little bit at the end, but um, that's someone that we've really got to keep in check and and not let her get
1: going. Yeah, that last time you played them, which was a, a non-conference game, as you referenced, that they had yeah, Hutkey was one of them, but they had four players in double figures in that game.
2: Yeah, I mean, like I said, they've got they've got the pieces to be a good team and they're going to, I mean, they have beaten good teams this year and I feel like they're one in the top half of the RMAC for sure. So um, it, it's just one of those things where you cannot overlook anybody and, and uh, you know, we, we've got to continue to get better each and every week.
1: Taylor, we appreciate the time. Of course, we'll have coverage of uh, the Maverick um, women and men from uh Shadron state on Friday on the team of CMU sports network, Saturday of the NFL playoffs, we'll shift over to 1100 KNZZ, 92.7 FM for coverage of the Maverick basketball teams at to Christian. Always appreciate it, Taylor. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Take care. Taylor Wagner, coach of the Maverick women's basketball team. All right. Uh, Mike DeGeorge, Maverick men's coach, coming up a little bit later. They're at practice right now, so about 945-ish. We'll, uh, Give or take. Yeah, we'll have uh, Mike DeGeorge with us. Celebrated his birthday last week, a few, uh, few days ago, so... Uh, we'll talk with uh, the Bladed birthday boy, Mike George, <laughs> coming up in just a little bit. All right, so it's Mav Day, and I uh, want to welcome in our new sponsor to Mav Day, Colorado Craft Coffee and Beer House, 1144 North 12th Streets, 12th and Glenwood, across from uh, the CMU campus. Perfect place to grab a coffee or a beer before you go watch the Mavericks play, or after the game as well. And uh, they have a, a, been in there you now several times, and uh, James and Amanda that own the place. Uh, just, uh, it's, it's just such a, a chill environment, great environment. You, uh, they have board games. You want to play some board games and Ooh. everything is, and like I said, everything there is from Colorado. All the coffees are from Colorado coffee companies and, and all the craft beer is from Colorado. A lot of Western Slope stuff, some front range stuff, even the bathroom, you go in the bathroom, they have movie posters. <laughs> And the movie posters are all posters of movies that have been either either based in Colorado. They've all had to be, have a, something some some tie in filmed in Colorado. Like example, I mentioned I think, the last time, Christmas Vacation. Okay, because the uh, the sledding scene from Christmas Vacation, they filmed it in Breckenridge because we know that Illinois doesn't look that beautiful. No. <laughs> So, with all, that, with all due respect to our friends in Illinois, yeah, yeah. you know, H- hateful Eight was filmed in Telluride and uh, American Flyer with Kevin Costner, an early Kevin Costner film, was filmed here. It was filmed in Grand Junction, it was filmed on the monument, and also out on Horizon Drive as well. And, and so, it's, it's a really cool thing that James and Amanda have there because they have everything ties into Colorado, nice, including the thing that they're the most proud of. The incredible coffee and beer that they have at Colorado Craft Coffee and Beer House. Stop by and see them today. Uh, once again, they're open Monday through Thursday, seven thirty to eight o'clock, uh, seven thirty in the morning to eight o'clock at night. Friday and Saturday, seven thirty to nine. Sunday, eight o'clock in the morning until noon. And uh, check out the trivia nights. We were in there uh, with some folks. Oh, Friday before last, just as trivia night was getting going. How'd you do? I didn't play. We're gonna we're we're made it's it's a appointment thing. We're going to do. We're going to go there. They were just getting started. We were wrapping up with with some friends of ours, and they had a ton of people in there. It was a lot of fun. So uh, we're we're definitely it's on the to do list for Ken and myself to go uh, back there and play on Trivia Night. Thank goodness, my wife is the the brain. The, <laughs> the brains of the operation, the beauty and the brains of the outfit. Because we'll if it was just like me doing it, we just I'd just be crushed. She'll have to carry me on a lot of stuff, but like mindless and idiotic stuff, I've got it. I've got that covered real actual knowledge that's all her but see sometimes trivia is a healthy mix of the two see that's where we can play each other's strengths and offset the weaknesses there yeah so but anyway make sure you stop by and and see them today and, and james knows his stuff man he'll give you a great recommendation hey what, which copy do you think i should try what do you like and he'll or a beer. I mean, his his knowledge is absolutely phenomenal, by the way. So, once again, it's Colorado Craft Coffee and Beer House. Uh, they're new, our new sponsor for Mav Day. 1144 North 12th Street, 12th and Glenwood, across from the CMU campus. All right, 918. We'll take a break, and we'll come back. More Mav Day coming up with Mike to George. We'll also have the four-down territory and the stay in sports history. That's on the way next on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. I'm a big sports addict. I like sports. 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 This is the Jim Davis Show on the team. 101 FM, 1340 AM, Grand Junction. 102.1 FM, Delta Montrose. Welcome back, 921. Some of you probably are angry that Michigan won last night. Probably. Probably. One of them normally sits in this chair on a Tuesday. Michigan Mike is not. He called in today. John called in today. Both diehard Michigan fans. Quite happy with the win last night. Uh, if you got some thoughts on uh, the Michigan Wolverines winning the national championship, the first for Jim Harbaugh, you can uh, text in or call in on the team line, 970-242-1340. All right, so... Uh, Got thoughts on that? Uh, just talked with uh, Taylor Wagner, as the Maverick women get ready to go on the road. Of course, we'll have uh, uh, Mike DeGeorge, Maverick men's basketball coach. They also have a player of the week in Owen Koontz as well. So uh, we'll talk with Mike about that coming up in just a little bit.
0: What I loved too on uh, Saturday for that Mesa game, sitting in, sitting courtside doing the PA. Which, by the way, you do you do a wonderful job. You do a fantastic job. Well, thank you. I, I I got I believe it or not I got a lot of compliments Saturday for my PA skills, which felt weird. I'm not going to lie.
1: No, you, you, did, you did a great job. You sounded great.
0: So it, it was a, well, probably the most memorable moment, and even though the the stats aren't going to show it because he only got a few minutes, uh, sort of bookended the beginning and the end of the game, even Menzies yeah, coming great. back and, for me, kind of acknowledging the moment, you know, Telling the crowd, welcome back, Ethan Menzies. And the basically standing O that he got, that was, that was cool. That was a really, really cool moment to see. And I know you guys talked a little bit yesterday. If, if he can, for this next however long stretch you have of, of Armac play, get back to even like close to the level he was when he was at one point their leading scorer,
1: ooh, look out. Because he gives them size. He does. He gives them some some additional size. I mean, not not that Trevor Baskin isn't isn't tall or Mac Rineker or, or Mac Rineker, but you know, Mac's like six five. I mean, it's not like Mac is a real real tall player. He, when he guards posts, he's usually gives up you know several inches. When he when he's but he's always tenacious, and that's why he's the Armac Defensive Player of the Year, the reigning Defensive Player of the Year. It's also why he. But for- but, 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 they don't, but they don't have like a six eight six nine six ten guy where Ethan fits that that mold. And you look at what he's gone through a couple of years with with the knee injuries. Sophie Haydad went through the same thing and look what a big lift she's given Taylor Wagner's team with yeah. her play from the wing. That, uh yeah, if you can get Ethan Menzies where he was, you know, all-conference caliber player, if you get him contributing six, seven rebounds a game, close to 10 points at some point, that'd be huge for this basketball team. Massive. Be huge. So hopefully it's it a great... That he was uh, back in the floor, kind of kept it close to the vest about you know when he might come back. And so uh, Saturday night was that that game for the Mavericks where uh, Ethan Menzies uh, made his uh, return. All right, uh, we'll talk with Mike DeGeorge about that coming up in just a few minutes and uh, also about the, the weekend sweep of CSU Pueblo and New Mexico Highlands. All right, it's time to dive into four-down territory. We're into four-down territory on the Jim Davis Show on the team. <laughs> All right, we'll start things out with something pertaining, of course, to last night's national championship game. Jim Harbaugh. That guy. Who who said he has unfinished business in the NFL. Well, Adam Schefter from ESPN talking about uh, the possible teams interested in, one, Jim Harbaugh. That, uh, and he believes Harbaugh will be listening to NFL offers. He'd be stupid not to, let's, let's face it. And... The team's listed, one of which was a team that Harbaugh had an interest in himself. Though they stayed with Brandon Staley and last year. Look how that turned out. And that was, of course, or that is, of course, the Los Angeles Chargers. Schefter also mentioned the Las Vegas Raiders. He said, I think the Raiders are very curious about Jim Harbaugh and the Atlanta Falcons. He also said, I think the Falcons could come to express some interest in Harbaugh. That he's going to listen and there will be opportunities. So, I'll ask you the question to ask Cody Rourke. Okay. Will Jim Harbaugh be coaching in the NFL this next season?
0: I tend to lean on the side of he wants the autonomy that he has at Michigan that he's not going to get in the NFL. Because in the NFL, he's going to have to answer to... General managers, ownership, the league, the commissioner. Whereas at Michigan, I mean, you saw it this year the quote-unquote punishment that he served, or one of the
1: punishments that he served. Right.
0: He helped to to dictate it. He helped to like craft it.
1: All, all the suspensions this year were based on things that that he was involved in, or or certainly turned a blind eye to, perhaps.
0: He turned a blind eye to, and and. Look, that sort of thing, especially in a sort of post-deflategate, post-spygate world of the NFL, he's not going to get away with that kind of stuff. Not that he necessarily would do it at the NFL level, but you never know. And if he does, he's not going to get away with it the same way because the NFL has resources for that sort of thing that as, as advanced and as much money as there's been influxed into college football, they just don't have. And the NCAA, for its part, does not have the same type of power over, ironically, power five schools like the NFL does have
1: over its franchises. Yeah, I I, I don't think I don't think he goes back to the NFL, even though he said there's unfinished business because he also made a comment last night that seemed to make people think he's going to stay at Michigan. Remember, he did talk with the Broncos last offseason, but really wasn't their, their priority. Right. It was Sean Payton. He admitted that a couple of years ago he would have taken the Vikings job. He did interview for that job. He would have taken it if they offered it to him. I just think that he loves the adoration he gets by for Michigan fans. They love him now. They adore him. He can do no wrong. And if you're if you're something like Harbaugh, how do you walk away from that? Exactly. How do you walk away from that adulation and and have, like you said, the ability to really control everything you do at that university? Not going to have that kind of autonomy you wouldn't think in the NFL remains to be seen. I I tend to think he'll end up staying in Michigan. All right. uh, Second down. People are not happy about the um, Peacock stream only broadcast. I would be be one of those people. of Of the Chiefs. And, uh, and the Dolphins and Super Wildcard Weekend. There are a lot of people unhappy about that. Well, guess what? Be, and not people are unhappy about the Amazon Thursday night football. Not happy about that. Well, guess what? Be prepared to be even more unhappy moving forward. Oh, boy. Here we go. Because we're going to probably see more stream only games of the NFL. So keep that in mind. That's uh, from Awful announcing that there's good likelihood we're going to see more of that in the future. Great. Next next
0: season of Stranger Things, get ready for Aaron Rodgers <laughs> and the uh and the New York Football Jets right all, like, right yeah. sandwiched in between Millie yeah. Bobby Brown and Finn Wolfhard. It's
1: yeah i just you're just going to probably see more streaming services maybe netflix gets involved at some point it remains to be seen But peacock obviously has expressed you know they've they've paid the money to make this happen for stream only games and likewise for amazon which has paid a huge chunk of change for thursday night football it's going to be unfortunately for those who don't like it a trend that will just continue all right third and fourth down the
0: real winners and losers last night Yeah, okay, Michigan won and Washington lost But those aren't the real winners and losers last night Nay, sir. Third down, okay. we have the real winners Of the college football national championship game last night And that were The dogs Specifically, Kirk Herbstreet's dog Who made an appearance in the broadcast booth During the post-game show And Kirk Herbstreet was kind of moving his legs, and it was really cute. You also had the Washington Huskies mascot, Dubs, who is adorable, and they had, a I think, the two dogs that I just mentioned had a little moment together on the sidelines. So it was, you know, that was cute. Those were the real winners. And then the real losers, fourth down of last night's college football championship game, us. More specifically, us who had hopes about a launch trailer for the Possible upcoming NCAA football video game rehash because the rumor mill was spinning like crazy that EA Sports was going to release the trailer for NCAA football video game during the national championship. Everyone was talking about it. Everyone was tweeting. Gotta you know, gotta see with the trailer. Gotta see the trailer. It never happened.
1: It never happened because John Williams is working on the soundtrack for it. God, I wish. It's taking a little bit longer. Yeah, so
0: we'll see. We'll see if that, uh, if they ever do uh, launch. Because that, I mean, it would have been the perfect time to do it. Oh,
1: National championship game? Are you kidding me?
0: You know, it's Rob Uh, Manfred. Never miss an opportunity to miss an opportunity.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it'll be interesting to see when that does finally come out. We shall see. We shall see. All right, 931, Mike to George. coming up in a couple of minutes uh, on uh, Mav Day, brought to you by Cutterbrook Craft Coffee and Beer House. Let's see. We've got one from Steve. We are talking about over at uh, Cutterbrook Craft Coffee and Beer House, how they have the in the bathroom the, the posters of, of films that have had uh, scenes shot in Colorado. Uh, Steve said, I just learned recently that the, the diner scene in Dumb and Dumber was filmed in Fort Morgan. I did not know that. Well, Dumb and Dumber also, they were going to Aspen, yes, they went to Aspen. They went to Aspen, yeah, but they didn't know that scene was was filmed in Fort Morgan. Didn't know that either, Steve. Uh, from Dylan, good win by the Avs, hate the Bruins and Brad Marchand. He's a POS. Well, <laughs> <Piece> <laughs> I mean, of piece of snot. I'm I, I Slopped. Piece of slop piece of spaghetti by the (laughs) way uh we had the clip
0: earlier and around the nfl for those of you who are curious um the the parts that uh josie jewell said where there are no blank in the locker room we would also refer to as delta bravos but he didn't say (laughs) delta bravos he said the whole thing and the the whole thing that also means a, a certain hygiene product so gotcha Gotcha. But I'm glad to know that there are none of those in the Broncos locker room and that they all <laughs> like each other. I'm glad to know that.
1: But apparently that that love fest did not translate into them being a playoff team.
0: Nor did it translate <laughs> between the quarterback and the head coach.
1: Uh, no. No, it did not. Not at all. Yeah. No. All right. Uh, 933. Jim along with Cake today. Got some thoughts about last night's national championship game. Something you want to send our way today on the team line and text uh, or call us, 970-242-1340. So, um, yeah, the Avalanche winning last night. Uh, Avs taking down uh, the Boston Bruins uh, in the in the shootout last night. And I see the Avalanche just bounced back after what was, was a really rough game on Saturday. Some, some, I think the this- calls, some penalty calls that definitely did not go their way in that game on Saturday. 100% agree. and I think the...
0: I think the score from Saturday gives it a much worse look than what it really was because last two were empty netters. last two were empty netters, and then really, truly the first the first two of the last four if that makes sense were on power plays, the double minor, the double minor that like we were talking about just a little bit ago part of a series of calls that definitely didn't go the Avalanche's way and some may argue were probably the wrong call. I don't know. I didn't see it. I only heard it because I was listening on the Team Sports Network. And I just, uh, it's tough to say, right, because you lose 8-4, to but two are empty netters and then two are off of a double-liner penalty. Other than that, though, they had to come back from down 3 nothing in the end of the first they tied it at three, and they gave up the one to end the second, and then they tied it again at four, and you're thinking, okay, they're in it, and then the wheels just kind of fell off after that double minor. A lot of bad teams or a lot of not good teams would go into that next game where you're facing an arguably even better Boston Bruins team and would just completely collapse. And that's the thing that I love about this Avalanche team right now is that they weren't going to do that. They went in with the expectation of, okay, that last game, it sucked. We didn't play the best we wanted to play. Let's go out and prove that that's not who we are.
1: Yeah, they had about a 12-minute span in the Florida game where they just didn't play particularly well. But last night, I mean, it was was tough because the, the final 158 of overtime, they had to play shorthanded. Because, yeah, Logan O'Connor got uh, sent to the box for holding, put them in a bad spot. But uh, Kale McCarr playing great on the defensive end. Alexander Georgiev gave them the, the kind of play they needed between the pipes last night to, to get that game to uh, to a shootout where, uh, of course, Velary Nechushkin scored the, the goal last night uh, for the Avalanche to win the shootout against Boston last night. But uh, for, for Jared Bednar liked what he saw last night it was it was it was a tough win they had to go to the shootout to get the victory but uh, felt like it was one of the better games they played this season
0: power play generated some great chances obviously they uh, their goalie made some big saves as did ours i thought that game had a little bit of everything that's how and that it's probably like start to finish that's probably one of our most complete games of the year
1: and so, with that win last night, by the way, the Avalanche are tied with Boston for the second most points. So, that's uh, for the Avalanche, you know, able to wash some of the stink off of that loss to the Florida Panthers on Saturday. So, um, by the way, I should mention that uh, uh, coming up tomorrow, we'll have Connor McGahee, voice of the Avalanche, with us, uh, talk about the win against Boston. And then uh, tomorrow night on the team, Nuggets basketball, Nuggets at the Utah Jazz. Two old rivals go at it tomorrow night. Tonight on the team, it's our uh, first broadcast of Southwestern League basketball of the season. Tyler will be out at uh, Central High School, Montrose at Central with the pregame at 5. And uh, girls tip it at 5. Third of the boys will follow. And then you can listen to that game, of course, or the games, both the girls and boys games in Montrose at 102.1. FM. All right, uh, 9.37, and it's time for This Day in Sports History. That's the story of the greatest sport moment of all of history. It's time to take a
0: trip back in time.
1: It's This Day in Sports History. All right, we go back to 1942. Joe Lewis retur- retains the World Heavyweight title with a knockout of Buddy Bear. Also 1977, Oakland wins its first NFL championship. The Raiders beat the Vikings uh, with a 32-14 victory as the Vikings lose their fourth Super Bowl. 1988, Minnesota advances uh, behind a record day from Anthony Carter, catches 10 passes for an NFL postseason record 227 yards to lead the Vikings to a 36-24 win over San Francisco to get them to the NFC title game. 2006, Kobe Bryant, the first player since Will Chamberlain to score 45 points or more in four straight games. With uh, Kobe scoring 45 against Indiana, making him the first player since Will Chamberlain back in 1964 to score at least that many points in four straight games. 2007, Cal Ripken Jr., Tony Gwynn were both elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. And 2010, Peyton Manning becomes the first player to win the AP MVP honor four times when he was the quarterback of the Colts. All right, to 939. Coming up in just a couple minutes, uh, Mike DeGeorge, the coach of the Maverick men's basketball team, will join us. Uh, still got time to text in. Got some reaction to last night with the Michigan winning the national championship. Uh, you can send that to us on the team line today, 970-242-1340. They're a lot of fun.
0: Oh.
1: The Jim Davis Show. They're idiots. They're on Colorado sports leader, the team. 944 our
0: system decided to uh, <laughs> stop working at the least convenient time. Yeah, so
1: uh, so this is fun. Yeah, so everything's kind of frozen up at the moment. But good news—we we do have Calvert Mesa Men's Basketball Coach Mike DeGeorge with us. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Doing well, Jim. How are you? Uh, doing fine, other than some uh, unforeseen computer problems, which never are they are never foreseen. They're always unforeseen computer problems. Hey, first off, happy belated birthday, by the way, Mike.
3: Oh, thank you. I appreciate
1: it, John. So how how did you celebrate uh, your birthday? I've met in, in season, probably tough to have, uh, go on a trip. No way you're going to go on a trip or anything like that. Uh, what did you do to celebrate?
3: I don't know. Do you celebrate birthdays anymore? I'm 54. I think now we just kind of like try to not think about it too much. 54.
1: <laughs> Mike George, you're just a pup, sir. 54. You're you you're fine. No, I, I I I totally get where you're at, Mike. <laughs> That's the stage of my life, too, or... Yeah, it's, it's okay. It's great. Yeah, I don't really want to talk about it a whole lot. Uh, but let's talk about your basketball team, though. A uh, great weekend uh, with the wins at home against uh, CSU Pueblo on Friday. And then uh, Saturday against New Mexico Highlands. I uh, want to lead off with the return of Ethan Menzies in that game against Highlands. He's been out for a couple of years, the former All-American, battling the, the knee injuries. So good to get him back on the floor and uh, hopefully be a nice uh, additional piece to your basketball team moving forward as he gets more minutes and gets uh, feeling a little more comfortable on the floor.
3: Yeah, it was like uh, I got emotional when he went in. You know, he's been through a lot, so it's pretty cool to see him out back out there and and get an opportunity. And, you know, obviously he's not, like, quite ready yet. He's physically ready, but he's got to learn to just trust his body again, and he's just got to get – some game reps and you know, our hope was instead of like holding them out, holding them out until he's hundred percent ready. I just felt like that would kind of build to the moment too much. Let's just start throwing him back out there and he'll see what the pace of the game is, what he's doing well, what he's not doing well enough yet. And so we're just going to be looking for opportunities to slowly integrate him uh, against some good matchups. And even just, to, you know, we just walked out of practice right when we got on the radio here, even today he's uh, taken a step forward, just like I think, you know, he was sort of aware that he wasn't like competing quite hard enough in the games and and so like even today he just was better. So I think we'll continue to see uh, improvement from him and it, it was exciting to have him back out there.
1: Mike DeGeorge, coach of the Cover Mason Men's basketball team with us on the Team Sports Network. So that will be something that you and Ethan kind of discuss and, and Kyle in that conversation as well about about how to how do you best utilize him. How does that how's that process gonna work going forward where or Ethan lets you know, hey, here's maybe a, a concern I have physically or whatever. Uh, just how do you make that work in terms of getting him on the floor more where he gets more comfortable?
3: Yeah, I think it's just conversations, honestly. it's Part of it is, you know, where is he physically? Does he need an extra day off? You know, uh, his physical therapist has been working for with him for a long time and, and our athletic training staff. And so, you know, we just are having lots of conversations about where he is physically, but they feel really good about where he is physically. And now it's really just about him trusting his body and us pushing him in the right way, you know, like you got to kind of meet him where they are. And so I think there's just like gradual nudges, you know, and I've tried to just be really honest with them. Like every time he really uses his leg and trusts it and plants off of it, you know, we're very encouraging to him. And then there's times where he's holding back and we're just like, hey, like you're still holding back in that circumstance you know and it, he just needs to be aware of it cuz he he just it and it, it's a, a, a gradual process but physically you know his surgeon feels really good about where he's at and that he's 100% cleared and ready to go and so now it's just about game reps and 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 then being able to compete at the, at that that pace of game and and he'll he'll get there
1: well if he gets back in we're close to his all-american form from a, a few seasons ago that's going to be a huge lift for your basketball team that's already playing some great basketball right now there's two undefeated teams in the RMAC, and the Mavericks are one of them. We're talking with Mike DeGeorge on the Team Sports Network. Go back to the CSU Pueblo victory where uh, Aiden Cool is at North Alabama. Young man makes his first start as a Maverick basketball player. To love that first start, scores 21 points, and has a really good performance for
3: you, Mike. Yeah, you look really smart when you put a guy in the starting lineup, and then he uh, goes out and uh, scores a bunch of points. Well, <laughs> so that was good. But no, Aiden's, very, you know, he's an elite scorer, and he's got great. Uh, base and balance to everything he does as a basketball player. And, you know, he's just been a little bit behind defensively, but he's worked really hard to figure out our defense, and he's shown a lot of growth in that area. And so we felt like, you know, it was time to kind of invest in him, and and it was a confidence boost for him, and he made a big contribution in the game.
1: Of course, a guy that had a great weekend because he was named the RMAC Offensive Player of the Week, Owen Koontz Last four games, he's been averaging about 19 points per game. He had a 15 in the game. Uh, Friday night against CSU Pueblo. Owen had just a a really solid weekend for you, Mike.
3: Yeah, Owen's one of those guys that just has so many offensive tools. Sometimes you don't know when to use them. And so, you know, there's been a growth process for him over the last couple of years where he was kind of making the game more complicated and easy to be. And he's really just been able to simplify uh, what we're asking of him and, and have a clear plan in his head of how to attack. And then that new offense, you know, with just better pace and, and space has really benefited uh, his game. But I'm really proud of him and the growth he's shown to really just sort of trust us and what we were telling him. And, and it's been great to see it pay dividends. And he's just been playing great basketball.
1: And obviously, capped off the weekend with uh, 22 points against Highlands. He had uh, 10 rebounds his first career, double double. So a, a fantastic uh, performance against the Highlands Cowboys and former Mav. Mike Dominguez, but uh, kind of an interesting game. You won it 94-72, but it was definitely kind of a a, a tale of two halves where you didn't play your best basketball in the first half, but came on strong in the second half.
3: Yeah, it's been an interesting process. I mean, playing faster and shooting as many threes as we are, you know, it's it's changed a lot about how we need to practice. And, you know, the thing I'm kind of settled on this week is I think we have, like, a miss shot complex. I think that we're putting a lot of pressure on ourselves to make threes. And when we miss a couple in a row and the games are tight, you know, particularly in those first halves, we get really frustrated that we're not separating. And I think we just have to have a better understanding that you know it's gonna come, you know it's just a matter of time uh, before we may we string three, four, five in a row. Uh, and we saw that really both games. We scored fifty six in the second half against Pueblo and then obviously sixty seven. Uh, in that uh, second half against Highlands where we really got going. And um, so we just have to trust that if we defend and we rebound and we take the right kind of shots, eventually they're going to fall and everything's going to work out over a 40-minute uh, period. And and we still have a little work to do in that area, but I think the guys are getting better at it all the time.
1: Mike DeGeorge, coach of the Maverick men's basketball team with us on the Team Sports Network. So on the road, Chadron State on Friday, Caliber Christian on Saturday. And, and you look right now... Uh, as far as the conference goes, uh, Chadron State playing some some pretty good basketball. They're they're 5-2. and two, They're 8-5 and five overall. And uh, Bryce Latimer's uh, averaging right now around 20 points per game among the leaders in scoring in the Armac, and always a tough place to play at their place in Chadron. So this will be a real challenge coming up on Friday.
3: Yeah, no question about it. They have uh, really good talent. They're really well coached. And then they've been really difficult to beat at home. They're 7-1 and at home. They lost opening night where they got down early and made a furious comeback and lost by two, kind of one of those opening night deals. So, you know, they've had just a great record at home these last couple of years. And so it'll be a big challenge to to get all the way there. And, and you know, we're expecting some weather this weekend. So it, it'll be, there'll be challenges all around here. And it'll be good for our team to, to face that kind of adversity. And, and uh, you know, we're going to have to play with well a win.
1: And along with Latimer, uh, Josh Robinson's had a really good season for them, uh, almost 15 points per game. And a uh, guy gets on the glass, Mike, at about uh, eight and a half rebounds per contest.
3: Yeah, they have a really kind of unique team. Latimer is just a dynamic lead guard that uh, really is undersized and can shoot, but scores more in the mid-range and, and just beating people off the dribble and get to the rim. And then their wings really are just shot-first guys, so they really spread the floor. And then uh, Robinson plays the four for them, and... He's just really athletic and dynamic, and but he really doesn't shoot outside of about 12 feet. But he's got 40 offensive rebounds on the season. I mean, he's just a beast on the glass to keep him off that offensive glass. So, um, you know, they, they create some unique challenges. And, and again, last year he had a huge game on the offensive glass against us, even though it was like the biggest point we were trying to make is how, you know, how we have to keep him off the glass and he still got there. So uh, it, it'll take a team effort. We haven't been good enough on the defensive glass this year. So, um, it, it'll be a big point of emphasis as we get ready this week.
1: Mike DeGeorge, Maverick Men's Basketball Coach with us on the team. And then uh, Saturday, it's Cover to Christian uh, over in Denver. Uh, right now, they're they're two and five in conference play. Noah Cohn has been their leading scorer this year, 16, a little over 16 points per game. Uh, give us kind of a, a scouting report of uh, Cover to Christian Cougars.
3: Well, they're really well coached, and it's a very difficult trip. You know, it's really hard to figure out. You know, you got a five hour drive after the game on Friday night, uh, you know, and then you got to get back. You got to get to, you know, enough sleep. You got to get to the shoot around. You got to go through the scout. You got to get them enough meals. And it's just the game, it just goes really quickly. And, you know, when we when I first got to the RMAC, we had a couple of weekends where we really struggled because we just didn't get the guys enough sleep. I remember when we went to Dixie State to westminster you know we would be on the bus until three in the morning getting up to our hotel and then the guys all fell asleep on the bus and then they get to their hotel rooms and now they can't sleep and they're up till like seven in the morning trying to roll around because they, they can't sleep and then we got a 11 a.m shoot around um and then you just have absolutely zero energy in the game so you know we've figured out a little better way to travel and we'll go over to city nebraska drive about two hours that night get up in the morning after, you know, getting enough sleep and, uh, hopefully stay on a more regular schedule. And, uh, and, but it will be a big challenge just in terms of the travel and then they're playing, uh, better all the time. And they, they haven't shot it great yet this year, but they run great stuff and it's a very difficult place to play. They got a couple of dynamic athletic guards, uh, and they got a couple of bigs that have really improved and are, and are contributing, um, you know, in a major way. So it, it'll be obviously a big challenge uh, to get either one, let alone both those games this weekend.
1: We'll have, uh, of course, uh, the games of Shadron state, uh, Friday on the team, CMU St- sports network, Saturday over on 1100 K 92.7 FM. Mike, thank you so much. Appreciate it. And have a, have a successful weekend and a safe trip.
3: All right. Thanks. I appreciate it.
1: Right, take care. Mike DeGeorge, George coach, of the Maverick men's basketball team with us on the program today. All right. So, uh, coming up tomorrow, Connor McGee, will join us, uh, Brian Roth as well. And, uh, it's a wine about a Wednesday with Talon Wine tomorrow. So, uh, anyway, make sure you join us tomorrow for that. Buckeye will be back on the program tomorrow. And uh, Kyle Keith, by the way, from uh, Altitude is going to join us on Thursday. Ooh. So, uh, he'll be on the program. So, uh, make sure uh, you make the Jim Davis Show part of your day this week uh, from 7 to 10 right here on the Team Sports Network. All right. That's uh, that's our show for today. Unless we got, like, 40 seconds here. Do you have anything garbage time like you uh, like to to throw in very quickly. The
0: crazy stat of the day, Michigan all season had five turnovers. Four of them were caused by one team in the regular season. Do you know who that was?
1: You won't get it. <sighs> Rikers, <laughs> I don't know. Bowling Green. Bowling Green. <laughs> I don't know so if they played Rikers this year or not. Now, Bowling so there Green, you go. okay, well. There you go. Oh, well, okay. Thank you, Sicko's committee on Twitter <laughs> for that uh, little nugget. That's, uh, that's a nice little uh, bit of uh, information there. They fort- Unfortunately for Washington, they couldn't replicate that last no. time. All right, that's our show. Jim Rome's coming up next right here on the Team Sports Network. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday.